I V M. News kids on the block. We bring to you stories that top the nation's papers, fresh from the Sen International School and IVM desk. Hi, I'm Kavya. I'm Anya. And I'm Trivik. And welcome to this episode of News Kids on the Block, where we give you all the top news updates of the week. Well, Kavya, I'm just gonna cut you off there this week and have my last week of the Olympics update all to myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start by talking about how. We scripted history when we um made won the bronze medal at the Olympics last week. We were just at the cusp of the quarters and the semis, and you know we made it through just about. And we won the men's team won the bronze medal, and it was the first time we won it in forty years, and it was extremely monumental. Um, and it was beautiful. And I'm I'm hundred percent sure that on the field they were playing Chuck the India. Like no matter what the memes say, I'm telling you, like you go check out Tata Sky recording. They were playing Chuck the India on the field. I can guarantee it. But I loved watching all the matches, and I was obviously I mean it wasn't that early or anything, but I watched them all. And there's like this random video that an aunt took of me just crying after it, and I was really upset when the women's team lost, of course. And um, it but it was so beautiful to see that you know everyone just came together for the sport, and um, it's also great to see how awareness or not even awareness, just like. Talking about sports as a potential profession has kind of taken this little jump up in this post Olympics thing. So I think that's great, and I completely agree that sports infrastructure is lacking. And if it's getting exposure, then it should. Then it should. Um. So just to kind of sum up our overall Olympic journey, um, in Tokyo twenty twenty, um, with our medals, we had Bajrang Punia who won the bronze, and then we had our men's hockey team who won the bronze. Our women's team narrowly missed out in the last quarter. We were winning it till the third quarter, um, and we very narrowly missed out to Great Britain. Uh, we also had Lovlina Borgohain who won the bronze medal, and PV Sindhu who won it in badminton. And then in the silver category, we had Mirabai Chanu. Uh, who won it for weightlifting and Ravi Kumar Dahiya who won it in wrestling, and then of course our gold medalist Neeraj Chopra. But Kavya seems really upset that she didn't get to do a COVID update, so she has demanded that she does this story, and I do not wish to suffer at the hands of Kavya. So I'm gonna let Kavya take it away. Um, yeah, so I'm pretty sure you guys have all heard about Neeraj Chopra, and if you haven't, you're probably living under a rock. But he was only 23 years old, and he won the gold medal in the javelin throw, um, with a throw of 87.5 meters, which I'm sure is a number that will hold a lot of significance to him um, for years to come. And I think my favorite part about this is that before the Olympics started, in our first episode of um. This podcast, I think that we ever released, um, I had a segment in the end in which I talked about three Olympians who were in the army that we could look forward to watching and watch out for, and Neera Chopra was one of them, which is really cool because I feel like a psychic. Look at that, Kavya! Your predictions came true. Yeah, and Neera Chopra has made our country extremely proud, and I'm sure this is an achievement that won't die out anytime soon. Yeah, there have been a lot of memes that I've been seeing of parents just saying like, "This just shows goes to show how winning gives sports exposure." Of parents being like, "Oh, we must have javelin throwing classes for our pre-primary students at school." This is not in our school. I'm saying it like general, uh, which I think is just the power of sports, and that makes me very excited for Independence Day. And this is also the second individual goal that um, India has won ever in the Olympics. And not only has he won a gold medal, he has won all of our hearts, which I thought was very funny. But then Anna told me it wasn't original. And another javelin thrower who has won us two gold medals at the Paralympics is Devendra Jajaria. 
and uh, believe it or not he did this with one arm we can look forward to seeing him and several other indians at this year's tokyo paralympics starting august 24th um and i think this was a really amazing run for india it was the most successful olympics that the country had ever but yeah i'm looking forward to the paralympics and on that note we shall take a short break and we'll be right back so don't go anywhere welcome back from the break ladies and gentlemen um the next story i'm finally getting to do a football story again in fact i'm going to double down on the football stories today the first football story for this week is we witnessed the biggest ever transfer in the history of sports everywhere as leo messi de- departed his beloved fc barcelona and headed to france to join paris saint germain kavya's favorite team You will have to watch previous episodes to understand the context of that. And for those of you who are having a bit of difficulty understanding the importance of this, um, we'll make a little pop culture reference. This is think about how you felt when Zayn left One Direction, and then triple that, and even tripling that, it's still probably an understatement. This move was absolutely bizarre, and while sports fans everywhere kind of saw it coming due to Barca's current financial situation. I don't think anyone really like deeped what it means, you know. A footballing dynasty dating back to more than twenty years. He signed his first ever contract at this club on a napkin because the scout was so eager to get him to play for Barca, and then he won six Ballon d'Ors, which is the award you win when you're the best footballer of the year, and the other countless memories he's made at the club. And we all thought he would retire at Barca, but seeing him move to PSG, he'd be leaving the only club he's ever known. So. Rivik, why don't you spell it out for all of the non-sports fans here, which doesn't include me for the record. I'm very, I know exactly what's going on. Um, why did he move? Because from what I've understood, he was perfectly happy playing for FCB. Uh, well, let me explain. Messi had already agreed a contract with Barca, agreeing to extend at the club and take a pay cut. However, the La Liga, which is like the Spanish top-tier league, that's what they're called. They found an issue with his contract, and therefore he was not allowed to extend due to financial fair play rules. I should say he made it clear in his press conference that it was never his intention to leave this year. However, due to the complications with the La Liga, he was forced to depart from Barcelona. And he also mentioned that him and his family had their hearts on set on staying in Catalonia. And like the rest of the footballing world, they were deeply saddened by his departure. However, they were very excited for their new endeavors in France. Well, I'll take it from there. Then we can ramble on about this forever. So I'll move on to a story that I heard today. Actually, that really shocked me. And I thought I should share it with you guys. Um, so this takes place in UP, and so basically there's something called the Uttar Pradesh Population Bill, which is a bill that aims to decrease the fertility rate in the state, which rhymes, um, by providing incentives and benefits for people who have two or less children. And recently, um, they received several suggestions from people. to extend the incentive to people who had two daughters and basically what this means is that if someone if a family has two daughters they can try again for another child and still have the incentives from the government and i think about it obviously that means that they aren't satisfied with having two daughters and are trying again for another child and obviously that means they're trying for a son and a reason for this could be that the son becomes the name bearer for the family and uh, at the end of the day if you have two daughters you the family name in air quotes is not going to carry on but that is no excuse and it's really mind boggling for me to think that this even took place and i think it's even in this day and age the fact that this is still happening is really crazy and madhu garg who's the vice president in up of the all india democratic women's association i quote her she said such suggestions must not be accepted 
It promotes a mindset that prefers sons over daughters, unquote. And personally, it frustrates me to no end that we are living, we're still living in a world where this kind of gender disparity exists and that a lot of people still have this idea that daughters are just this obstacle that you might have to face in order to reach your end goal, which is to have a son, which is super frustrating. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Kavya. And I think that the fact that we're seeing something like this come up in legislation, even though it's not necessarily set in stone, it, it brings forth this perspective of not just people, which we know might have a preference. Um, it, it kind of says that the law has a preference too. Um, and I think that that's just heartbreaking to think of as someone who's growing up in this country and yeah. someone who intends to, you know, be a part of this country. And I also forgot to add that thanks this law was not implemented, but it's still it's still the fact that it even came up as a suggestion was crazy. Well, we've all recently read about, I'm sure, and seen the Taliban who have slowly started to regain control in Afghanistan. They've captured a few key provinces and cities. And of course, this is concerning for many, many reasons. And, the you know, the USA has also urged their citizens in Afghanistan to leave and I'm guessing that slowly things in the country will start to clamp down and things will go back to how they were whenever they were. It's devastating to see this all happening again. But Anna, can you tell us a little bit about the culture of Afghanistan and how that would be affected by this? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, all the articles that I'm reading are about these weapons and these strategies and the economy um, and the, the media over there tends to shut down the ground reality of things closing around and we've talked about how media and the literature in previous episodes in Afghanistan was highly controlled but like you were saying with the culture we lack a thorough understanding of what Afghani culture looks like or rather looked like Um, and you'll actually find that we can draw a lot of parallels to Afghani culture and Indian culture specifically Hindustani culture because of the north and its influx from Persia and Afghanistan and the works well Anya you're always talking about the music and culture in Afghanistan so can you share that with us yeah absolutely so I think one of the first things where we can draw a connection is um, in how Hindustani music the northern exponent of our Indian classical music has had a very very strong effect um, on Afghani music and vice versa we can see this in instruments like the sarangi versus the rubab um and you know just to guide you to some other thing example the structure the basics of hindustani music can be kind of looked at when you think about a rag it's a word that often comes up and they follow a very similar system with afghani music where they use something arab music in general where they use something called a maqam also when we think about our our beloved ghazals the style of poetry is completely persian and that comes through afghanistan so a lot of their poetry that they have there is very very similar and uh, kavya you were talking about I mean, not really connected, but you were talking about like women and gender and stuff like that. So today um, in India, when someone reaches a certain stage of accomplishment, they are referred to as a pandit or an ustad. Until date, we haven't seen a female ustad. And presumably the first and only female ustad ever um, is a woman by the name of Ustad Farida Mawash. And she is from Afghanistan. Um You know, so like the knowledge of our arts is so obscure and so little And I think that the Taliban coming back in just sort of further diminishes that and makes it a little bit sadder and makes it a little more harder for us to understand the beauty and the legacy of their culture, which is, of course, just so magnificent. And I've only scraped the surface. So it was just something I wanted to talk about. I I wonder what will become of it, because like I said, I've only scraped the surface of it. Well, before we get to the next story, Anya, I think we should take a little break.
Welcome back to News Kids on the Block. My name is Trivik and I'm going to do my second sport football story of the day. I'm sure Anya is really delighted with that. Buckle up folks. This story is it's a short one. The Premier League, my favorite league and the most viewed league in the world will be returning this weekend actually on Friday evening 12:30. Actually Saturday early morning 12:30 a.m. Arsenal play Brentford as the league resumes its new season. So what's happening is that there's a lot of new players in the league. A lot of transfers have been done. I definitely think there's many teams this year that can challenge for the title if they keep consistency, and I think it should be a great season. Thanks, Tivik. Well, let's move on to some really great news about our military, uh, in which the Indian aircraft carrier Vikrant, which was both designed and made in India, successfully completed a five-day maiden sea voyage. Um, this IAC, which stands for Indigenous Aircraft Carrier, is a really great step in India's military autonomy. Yeah, Kavya, that's so true. Um, this particular warship can operate uh, fighter jets like the MiG twenty nine K and the um Gamma of thirty one helicopter. And also, just a bit of history: this particular warship was actually named after INS Grant, the ship uh, who um she she the ship played a major major and like a magnificent role in our nineteen seventy one war. Um, and you know. I think a lot of people are already right in saying that this um, this vessel is definitely a huge step towards making um, our Atmanirbhar India. India can really go for gold in all in all ways, and we look forward to just that with Independence Day on the horizon. Anyways, that's all we have for you today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of News Kids on the Block. Don't forget to tune into us every Friday for our fresh take on the news from across the globe. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can listen to us on the IVM podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you next week. Until then, do share this episode with your folks. Stay safe and don't forget to do your homework.